0: joining us. And now, here's your host,
1: Alessandra Torrezani.
2: I'm here with Lauren and Megan, and I'm going to have you girls say the name of your company because I don't want to mess it up. The Matrescence. We did a lot of back and forth about what to
0: name this all-encompassing digital, maternal, mental health space. Um, and when we came up with the word, we both knew that that was it. We just, um, it's supposed to sound like adolescence. So it's kind of like adolescence, but in motherhood. So through the various uh, changes that you go through physically, emotionally. Um, so it's supposed to kind of coincide with um that stage of life.
2: It's literally the most perfect word to describe everything because when you think of adolescence, you're like, oh gosh, I know. You immediately will go to every single thing about your adolescence, right? The highs, the lows, the like cute stuff, the like... Really not so cute stuff. So this is the perfect word to describe it as well. So I'm so happy. Thank you so much, first and foremost, for coming on Emotional Support. There are so many people um, on social media that I have newly discovered through my own pregnancy and now, you know, postpartum Um I'm 10 weeks postpartum right now. So I always say that on, on this show because it obviously is recorded a little before it airs. So I want people to kind of, you know, want everyone to know like where I am in that stage, right? Because every day is completely different and
1: you're in the thick of it mama yes I am
2: Um, and currently my mom is watching the baby so it's like really fun now I get to have like girl time and be a little naughty and, and get all the good questions in so I have to tell you I found you girls because there was one particular viral video that was talking about postpartum depression and it was talking about how this is what it looks like and it was a smiling mom with her baby and I was like god that is literally how I feel. No one would know that I had anything going on inside me, right? Anything going on emotionally, but yet there we are, that this is all just true. So how did this all start? How did you two get together to decide to do this? Was it through your pregnancy? Was it through other friends' pregnancies or family? How did it start? Right.
0: Yeah. This is a huge culmination of six very different birth, pregnancy, postpartum experiences. Um, I didn't struggle with my first at all. And then I was blindsided by postpartum anxiety with my second. Um, didn't have the support in place, kind of had dealt with anxiety my whole life, thought that I would know how to recognize that, where to find support. I work in healthcare. Right. Um, I'm surrounded by other women of childbearing age, and I completely fell through the cracks. So I was personally recognized, recognized it in hindsight in my own life and um, was working as a nurse in the NICU with preemies and those mamas and sick babies and recognized it professionally as well, that moms just weren't getting the support they needed from trying to conceive um, through that fertility journey, through pregnancy and postpartum and all the various experiences of that. All the way through, you know, seasoned mama pulling her hair out uh, just with burnout and rage and everything that comes with this chaotic and beautiful season of motherhood. So um, I quickly decided that I needed a career shift. I was passionate about filling that void and went back to school to um, serve that space and kind of buy myself some time and cry credibility, Mm -hmm. and went to psychiatric nurse practitioner school. And through that process,
2: COVID hit. Oh, wow. So you were really in the thick of all of it at once.
0: Yes. Yeah. So um, through the program, just, you know, was kind of dreaming of how to fill that gap for moms and how to keep people from falling through those same cracks that I did. And teamed up with Megan, who's more of the business and marketing guru. I'm the kind of science and passion behind the idea. And we teamed up through COVID and created um a digital version of what I visioned a space
1: being that moms need so
0: badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: we really wanted to meet mamas where they are. And at the time and still so currently, that is, you know, up in the middle of the night nursing or on the basement floor during quarantines or just feeling lonely and isolated. Um sticking to that nap time schedule, even those routines. It can feel like a really lonely time, even though you're constantly being touched by someone. Um, So we just wanted people to to hear our stories, to feel validated, to provide a safe place for connection. So in our app and community, you can have discussions that you don't want to have with a huge social media following and everyone's reading your story. Maybe you want it to be more private and you want to have some deeper conversations that maybe you don't want to have with your sister or your best friend yet. Um, so we provide that safe space that, um, is filled with science-backed research from all the experts, whether that's a lactation consultant or a pelvic floor physical therapist or a therapist, people that are there to help you. And then also, um, mamas who are in the thick of it right alongside you providing their experiences too.
2: Which I think is so important and something that you brought up which hit so at home to me is talking about how lonely it can be, even though you have this like physical being that is literally on top of you, probably 24 hours a day, I would say (laughs) maybe not that much, but it feels like that. And, I thought that I was just super lonely during my pregnancy. And I thought that that was just like a rare thing. And once I had the baby, like that, that loneliness would go away. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm married. I like live with my partner, like my husband, you know, I live with the baby. My mom was staying with us for the first three weeks postpartum, you know, but there's something about, that loneliness continued on. Um, And even having friends who had given birth, if it's not your own unique experience, which everyone's is, you know, it's really, it's really hard. And sometimes you have friends who have, beautiful birth stories and wonderful experiences and they are not experiencing what you are going through but there may be a mom out there you know let's say in Texas that I don't know that went through the same thing that I did for instance like for me I had um right after I gave birth everything was great and then I started hemorrhaging out of nowhere after I was stitched up and all good and for 3 weeks I was bleeding so much that they thought I would have to have blood transfusions. I was in and out of the hospital um, and then I had to have pills and then I had a DNC at the end of the day, like three weeks postpartum. And it was something that I had never even heard of. I didn't know what it was. For those who don't know, it's like basically scraping of the uterus of any foreign object that's inside of you at that point. And I just thought it was perfectly normal that you're supposed to be like bleeding out pieces of liver basically like you know I didn't realize that clots were not normal the, the extent it was right right and
0: who do you have those discussions with right you know when you can't really go to Facebook and air that out and like you yeah. know I ended up on um, old Google discussion boards trying to sure. search for validation of things I was experiencing and they were like you know from years and years ago, no one was going to respond. And I was searching for someone to connect with me and be like, you're experiencing this, right? Yeah. <laughs> and come to find out how common that is. And no one talks about it and how scary some of those thoughts can be. And um, that's really, yeah, where where this whole idea came from is that running into exactly that things that needed to be talked about and needed to find someone that was going through something similar right and nowhere to really go with that co-workers you know in-laws and that's not a comfortable space to open up about some of this
2: no well
1: and going back to the reel that you mentioned um that you found us through when you're seeing and being inundated with these beautiful photos of this curated life, you're like, wait, why am I not experiencing this? And that was something that we were really struggling with on social media and we're totally guilty of it. You do just show the happier, perfect sides and it's harder to show the whole story. Mm -hmm. Um, but we just want to show a little bit of both sides. So people know that, um, we don't want to be fear mongering, but also like there is a reality out there that it's hard in lots of different ways. And how do we, um, just tell other mamas' stories.
2: It's totally a reality. And I think that for me, right, I, I'm totally guilty of that, right, where we post, like, here's my beautiful, perfect baby. And it's like, well, people don't know the, the truth of the, the the liver hemorrhaging and the blood clots and all that stuff that I had. You know, I, I'm not airing that out on social media, but it's something that I want to talk about on the podcast to people that I feel comfortable with, just like I spoke about in another um interview how I have complete pelvic, I need pelvic floor therapy. No one ever talked to me about that before. I pee my pants probably four times, probably more than that a day. Um, and I like, can't help it. And I was like, well, I knew that things would be crazy, right? The first couple of weeks, but we're going on week 10 now. And why is this not getting any better? And I'm just starting pelvic floor therapy, but these are things that weren't talked about. And you feel like, when am I going to feel, and I used this in quotes, normal again, Right, that's what was going through my head. And I would just cry and cry and cry to my husband whenever my baby was asleep because I didn't want her to see me crying. Like, why? I don't know. You know, that was just my thought. You know, I was like, she can't see me crying the first like week. And I was such a a mess and such a basket case because I just wanted to be able to hold my baby for more than 10 minutes without feeling that faintness and having, you know, my mom or my husband there next to me watching me to make sure I don't drop the baby because I was so weak at the time. And you see other moms who are, you know, at the time, two weeks postpartum as I was and they're like out exercising, walking with the baby, like, you know, having a cocktail. And I'm just like, what, what, how, you know? But then when you ask them how their experience was, odds are they probably had something really shitty happen to them too. They're just not talking about it, you know? So it's yeah. about finding that community. When you experience postpartum for the second time, or excuse me, for with your second child, what was the what were kind of the signs or what was something that you noticed where you were like, oh wow, this is what postpartum, you know, depression is or perinatal mood and anxiety disorder? Like, what were some of the signs like for people to know what the difference was between your first and your second?
0: Um, unfortunately, it was probably nearly a year before I really realized, okay, this is not normal.
2: Wow. Um,
0: I and people around me too, it, it, it just, I fooled everyone. And I look back on those photos and those videos that I used to portray what it looked like on social media. And I do feel like such a fraud. And I think social media is such a huge piece of moms experiencing some of this and the comparison because I was struggling for so long and nothing that I ever put online portrayed right. that. Um, I think, you know, just differentiating like those first couple of weeks and the baby blues are so common. And, you know, that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. Up to 80% plus experience that really hormonal shifts and weepiness. And right. um, you can kind of just expect that roller coaster of emotions and physical healing and all this stuff going on. But if you're getting past that two weeks and things are getting worse, or you're not feeling that fog lift, just start thinking about these things. One thing we're really passionate about in this space because of kind of my experiences, educating your support system and Mm -hmm. people who are going to be around you uh, to look for those signs, look at your eating habits. Are you, are you feeding yourself? Are you um, sleeping at night? You know, are you sleeping too much? Are you just not yourself and you're kind of a shell of yourself? Um, So really, educating the people around you at signs that and how also how to have that conversation gracefully. Right. I think that's a really hard part As people, even friends can notice she's just not herself. She's not, mm. you know, getting back and doing things that brought her joy before during pregnancy and um, educating about ways to softly bring that up mm. um, and really compassionately just hold space. So that person can feel like they can open up to you. Cause I think it was finally when my husband gave me the permission, that's not really the right word, but said, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that you're really struggling. I think you need to go talk to someone else because he didn't know how to help me. And that uh, was the ultimate turning point is him being like, I noticed something's off. You need to go talk to someone. And that kind of gave me the go ahead to kind of start to heal from what I went through,
2: which is so amazing. But then the other, you know, side of it all is you have to also think, Hmm, okay, well think of all the women that are out there that are doing this by themselves, you know, maybe who don't have the support system of a, of a husband or a wife or a partner, you know, um, and, and the importance of community or people who may live, you know, in a part of the world where, you know, Maternal mental health isn't spoken about in a very light way, right? It's like shh, you don't say those things, you know, don't do this, and about feeling comfortable opening up about it. And I think that that's what's so cool. Something like your group and your community that you've created creates that that trusted space. I, I never say safe space because I I don't believe anything can be safe you know, unless you're really like controlling it, you know, but it's a trusted space and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful what you've created. What are some of the things that like women have come to you that have had questions or or what they're looking for in regards to your community?
1: I think a lot of people are looking for connection yeah. and just validation that they aren't alone, whether it's the exact same experience, which it's not going to be, everyone's no. experience is unique. Like you said, everyone's support system is different. Everyone's everyone's situation is very unique to them, but something that they can connect with that that you might be struggling with too. And it's kind of a give and take of like, here, this is what helped me. And then like, oh, I'm struggling with this. And there's just a lot of giving and receiving and support and encouragement that we're all in it together. Um, yeah. I think a lot of women want to have this super woman mom cape on that they can do it all. Um, they can be a successful businesswoman. They can have all these children have an immaculate home. Yeah. And you, you can, but usually not all at the same time. There's got to be some. Or without a lot
2: time. of help. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think um, while everyone might kind of hit that bump in the road at a different place, whether that's during pregnancy, um, if it's preventative, some people are kind of blindsided by it and um, then are looking to kind of get the wheels spinning again. So it really ranges, but I think overall it's just the, okay, me too. I yeah. think there's a huge weight off of people's shoulder when you're like, oh, you're you want to like poke your husband when he's sleeping through the night, and your <laughs> life has been completely turned upside yes. down and he's seemingly on his way of normalcy. And you're like, yes. that's not fair.
2: You're <laughs> like, that's not oh, how yes. this goes, right? Like, that's not how this <laughs> exists. Like, I remember being so pissed off at my husband because like he could pee like a normal person and it didn't hurt. And I was like, what is that like? You know, what is that like? As literally my baby is literally on top of me, like, like mouth in my boob and I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm like, this is just romantic, right? This is just the cutest thing in the entire world. Like this is just... What's that like, you know, and it's true. It's about having that, like, like it's like creating friendships with people too. And I think that that's another thing. There's a lot of like, I don't know. I'm certainly experiencing it. I was experiencing it a little bit before, and now I'm experiencing it, and not with my close friends, but kind of like peripheral friends of, you know, there's a lot of mom shamers, and there's a lot of, you know, oh, if you don't do A, B, and C, your kid's not going to hit the milestones, or if you haven't done this, like, you're not going to get your body back in order, and and I'm kind of someone that's very woo-woo and believes in all different types of different Modalities And like I did belly binding, do certain things. And they're like, oh, well, if you don't do this, you can't get your body snatched in place. And, you know, uh, if tummy time doesn't work, if she doesn't lay on her tummy for 20 minutes, it's not. And I think that that can be so hard because you see social media too. And like we said, there's this like false narrative with a lot of things and we're all guilty of it. But you see these like super babies now, at least I have, because that's my algorithm now. And I'm like, wait, if she doesn't do this, like, it doesn't mean she's going to be okay. And then a friend of mine who has a son that, that graduated college, he was like, you know, my wife experienced that when, when our baby was 18 months old and, and hadn't started like properly walking yet and was talking, but you know, it was one or the other. And he said, I turned to my wife and said, it's not like he's going to crawl to college. Like he will figure out how to walk. It's okay. He's going to eventually get there. And I was like, oh, well, when you put it that way and you put it into perspective, like, yeah, he's going to be able to hold his head up in college. Like, you're right. He's going to be able to do that. But it is that constant, you know, pressure, which then adds the anxiety even more on yourself, um, you know, what would you say to moms out there that are experiencing that, AKA me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the comparison trap is real. We have talked about it a lot. We've used our middles, are like 10 days apart, and we've used them oh. as an example. The variations of normal in children are vast. Wow. Comparing. Wow. Especially um, in the early, early, in oh, the early times, yeah. right? Yeah. We we would talk about our medals because hers is a little girl in the fifth to 10th percentile. Mine was a massive child, you know, and it just, hers was walking sooner. Mine was a total blob, both on the spectrum of normal. So just, and I think for first time moms that can really get to them as they're following certain apps that I think are super educational and wonderful, but like take them with a grain of salt. Um, Don't let them control your day to day and be comparing your baby to these milestones. If there's a problem developmentally, your pediatrician is going to recognize that. So I think just allowing yourself to just be a mama and be present and not playing that doctor and developmental specialist, Mm -hmm. because there's such a huge range
1: of normal Yeah. And that just steals the joy out of a lot of things. Um, Something I find helpful if it is social media that you feel is triggering for you is um, maybe muting those people, Mm -hmm. knowing who those specialists are and going there when you see a problem, but not being like, Oh, well, she doesn't do that. And it like lighting, you know, setting off this alarm system that totally doesn't need to be there. You weren't even aware of it. It's all good. But maybe you're like, you know, like, Maybe I want to learn a little bit more about this and just go find that. You don't need to find the whole, like, every single detail that might um, overwhelm you and is just unnecessary anxiety. Well,
2: totally. And I think it's even, you know, it, it it's hard for everyone. But I think that, you know, whether you had a complicated pregnancy or not, it's like, You think that the anxiety is going to go away once the pregnancy is done, but it continues. And then you're like, how do I get this anxiety to stop? And you realize it's never going to stop Um, because now you're responsible for a human being. And it's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, Yeah,
1: your heart walking outside your body is uh, wild, but... Or, or laying out. Yeah,
2: no, it's so wild. And it's funny because I interviewed so many women that were, and, and men, but that were specialists in postpartum depression and perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. And, you know, I had all these resources at my fingertips, like if I needed it. And I did not experience it to the extreme, but I definitely, I would say the first like two weeks was like, oh my God, someone's gonna drop my baby. Like their head's gonna be on the ground, like, and it's gonna explode. And then what's gonna happen? You know, your mind like goes to that and it's so terrifying as a mom to be like, oh my gosh, is this ever is this feeling like ever going to end? When you were experiencing it, did you what was something when you got help and you went to a therapist in, and had that conversation? Was there any other type of modality that you were practicing at the same time that helped as well? Like meditation, or was really truly just therapy what what did it for you that helped you get out of that? that extreme, you know, anxiety and mood disorder.
0: Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about building your toolkit and finding what works for you and how that is constantly going to be changing. Um, mine looks different day to day, month to month. Um, but we do a lot of education on small, uh, shifts that you can do that are attainable in motherhood. It's hard to do all or nothing on some of the recommendations. Um, yeah. But at the time for me, it was therapy and medication. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I'm a really strong advocate for using the tools that are available to yeah. you and educating that, you know, if you are in a low, low, or you're in the thick of it and you're not able to make those small lifestyle changes, you're so anxious or you're so such in a low depression, yeah. that you feel unable to make the sleep changes, the diet changes, the exercise um, meditation, things, is not touching it. Um, using medication is okay, mm-hmm. and I think that was it's a huge great. Piece it works. Of, it works. It's there for a reason. People have dedicated their lives to the research and prescribing of those medications, and I don't believe it's a fix-all, but I do think it can lift the floor for people who are truly struggling to be able to implement other changes mm-hmm. that have worked. Um, So just knowing, I think a lot of people are so scared of that piece, or they're so anxious that they're too anxious to take the anxiety Mm meds, things like that. So just using my story to allow people to um, look into that modality. I don't think it's the answer for everyone, but it was life-saving for me at the time. And I was able to make those other changes that are now keeping me afloat. So,
2: Oh, I just, I absolutely love that. What is something that you would say, like the the majority of the, of the mamas that want to come and, and join your community? What's something that they are saying, like the general consensus of what they're lacking? Is it friendship? Is it honesty? Is it, you know, actually learning from the, the science behind it all of, 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 being a mom and being postpartum and all that what is what is it that kind of is your specialty that you think that people are drawn to your post everything
1: i love this question because we just did a recent survey of our of our small community so with all the community we also have a library of resources and they are all either come from experts or they're written by us and approved by an expert um, so I think it's the free of opinion. Mm. There's a lot of bloggers. There's a lot of mommy accounts and it can be so overwhelming to be like, oh my gosh, I have to do baby led weaning," And then it's like, but I'm terrified they're going to choke. So I'm going to do purees. And then it's like, oh, well, the, it, nothing is exclusive right. in motherhood. That black right. and white, you're breastfeeding or you're not like throw it out the yep. window. Great. If, if that works for you but it doesn't work for like 90% of people. There's a combination, Mm -hmm. you know, you can still successfully breastfeed your baby for 18 months and give them formula sometimes. And that's great. Right. So I think it's the um, removing that um, opinion and overwhelm of just all the noise because it's coming from, you know, a lot of different directions these days and it can be polarizing um, to be on one side or the other. And there's, there's really no, right way to be a mother there's just a million ways to be a great no.
2: one, so. oh, i absolutely love that what's what do you think is like lacking in the postpartum i like world like i'll say for instance i think that that's not i think i know that that mental health and and mental illness is like completely the the, the research is lacking with pregnancy um like in the thick of it I know I got off my medication. I had talked to multiple doctors who had recommended that. I was told that was wrong by some people. It was right by some people. And since I opened up that story and started talking about it and I did a People Magazine article about it, I've had so many women and I've had so many mothers of girls who are currently pregnant who are kind of being their sound box if you will in the best way possible because they're like so debilitated of not knowing which doctors are are open to talking about mental health or being educated enough on it Um, and that's been something that's really my main passion is working on how we can figure out it's not a fix-all situation but something that we can do about that because I'm I'm smart enough to know and I have enough friends in that world and my one of my best friends is a neuroscientist, so I know this, that the lack of research is because it's very hard to do research on pregnant women. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> it's a short time period. A lot of, I mean, I don't know if I would be willing to be like, hey, use me as a test dummy. Like, here I am. Like, use my baby, you know. Um, so I'm very aware of that. But for the post, you know, And for that experience, do you find that people are like, there's still that lack of research with mental health and mental illness? Because this is all so new to me that I'm like, now I'm on this next step of the journey of it all.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think just the healthcare in general, the system in the United States is broken in that way. Yeah. And especially when insurance is dictating the care and the time, um, that doctors get with patients, which is on
2: average seven minutes, right? It's like something wild like that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I recognize is how do I, how do we fill this gap that exists? I mean, right? OBs are want nothing more than to get you and your baby healthy and safe through sure. pregnancy, deliver that baby. They don't have the time, A, to do the research and to really, you know, look at all of of the studies and uh, educate their patients Mm -hmm. and make those, because psychiatry, especially with pregnancy and lactation is so gray. Like you said, there isn't a lot of research because they aren't involved in the trials. And so it does take a lot of time to sit with a patient and go through your entire history of how debilitating your mental illness is and how long it's been going on, what works for you, what has happened when you have not been on medication. Like that takes a long time. And I think the problem is lack of time in an OB setting. And then the, it's so hard to get in with a mental health professional that when you're going through pregnancy and you're already in the fog of the million decisions going on with everything else, mostly related to baby that moms forget to check in with themselves yeah. and even if they do maybe can't find the resources they need or can't afford them um, i was about to say can't so just, afford think, yeah right it's a it's a lot of a lot of factors i think um and we're trying to kind of fill the gap on the education so that patients can advocate for themselves and kind of be thinking about these things um, we, one of the guides that we sell on our website, we love, it's, it's kind of preparing for your postpartum visit and things to think about before you go mm-hmm. in, cause it can be really overwhelming and there's, it's quick. So, so if quick. you have things that you need to say or things that you've been tracking, it kind of encourages you to look at those, pa- those six weeks right. and, you know, track right. how your mood has been, how you've been feeling. So, just uh, educating moms and teaching them how to advocate for themselves, I think, is a huge piece of it. Because when you are limited with that time, how can you make someone see like these are the resources that she needs? Because there's a lot of people that exist to serve moms that we we didn't even know about. Right. Right. Uh, so, just kind of helping connect those dots as far as lactation consultants and pelvic floor therapists and psychiatrists and the difference between a therapist and a Psychiatrist mm-hmm. or a prescriber, and educating about those various
1: resources <laughs> and making sure they're all talking or you're, you know, communicating because your OB might be saying one thing and your psychiatrist might be saying something else. And 100%. it really needs to be a team effort.
2: No, but it's, I, I love that you have this guide that shows you how, or says to you, like what you should be saying when you go in there to have it prepped and, and have it all be ready. Because that's something that even me, right? Someone who's very on top of their mental health, aware of mental illness, aware of the medication that I was not on. Um, I was even like, oh my God, I'd go in there and I'd be like at a loss, right? It would like go out. I I would just like forget it all because you have like pregnancy brain, which I still think is a thing because I have mom brain. So I think it's all the same. But, um, But these were things that I was like, so nervous about every time I would go into the doctor because I would write things down and then I would forget to like grab my phone and it would be on the other side and I would have like my full vagina would be out basically because they were doing like an exam and I'd be like I can't get up and get it like it's not my butt's gonna show like all these like weird things right that happens to all of us um but I think that something that was was so important to me that i have not found except for and i will say i am so thankful for social media is i wasn't even aware of what pelvic floor therapy was if it wasn't for my belly binding the, the woman that did my belly binding who had recommended it to me and said i really think that you need to be you know meeting with a pelvic floor therapist or at least get an app that's going to teach you how to do some of the exercises. Um, because it was something that my doctor was not talking about. And I mean, not just one doctor, doctors, like plural, I was going to a couple afterwards, and no one was mentioning that. And I was like, oh, right, okay, like, you know. And then when you're in the hospital, I had given birth, no one taught me how to breastfeed, that was something that I was like, oh, we're just not going to tell me when I should do this. Like, do I go now? Like, do I not, you know? And then I had a lovely nurse that was helping me out in the hospital. And then I had an awful nurse that I I cannot express enough because actually a friend of mine had the same nurse and she had the worst, same worst experience as I did. And this woman made me hysterically cry. My husband had gone downstairs to go give our birth certificate for our daughter, like to give the name. So he was not there to have my back. And I just remember being like, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong? And she was like shoving my baby's head into my breast and was like, this is wrong, you need a nipple guard. And then she got one of those nipple guards and she's like, you have really short nipples, your baby is starving to death, like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my, Like it was like so, it was so crazy. And to know that it went to the other, like the other girl, my friend experienced the same nurse made me kind of feel okay as terrible as that sounds because i was like oh it's not just me you know that's experiencing this but i was like oh my god and then a lactation consultant came in because one of the doctors saw that i was freaking out and i was hysterically crying and the lactation consultant came in and she was like you're fine your baby is beautiful your baby is full of life it is eating enough This nurse had me doing the expressing colostrum and then into like a little thing to then feed the baby. It fell on the floor. It went everywhere. I had no more colostrum left. She was like, we're going to formula feed right now. And I was like, wait a second. Like, isn't there a formula shortage? Like there was no, needless to say, it was like a nightmare. And that was my first experience. But thank God I had this wonderful lactation consultant that came in. And she just reassured me that, like, everything was fine. And, like, joke was on that one nurse because I literally came home. I saw a friend of mine, and I didn't have my shirt on. And I just had milk just, like, flowing on the floor. And I was like, see, it did come in. I'm not starving my child. Like, you know. But, I mean, (laughs) these are things that I thought it was only happening to me. And that, therefore, I was starving my child and for that 2 hours or whatever i was like this is it like it's completely over and done with you know so i think that yeah that's
1: heartbreaking yeah but i
2: think that this kind of shit happens all the time and like that's the point of your you know community which is great that people can have these conversations together to know that they're not alone in this situation
1: absolutely and so that's why in your words we want to be that trusted space we want to be thought of as a preventative care so when you're Experiencing I love that. that, you're like, screw that! I'm gonna get on my app and I'm gonna chat with some mamas for some yeah. advice, or find a lactation consultant in my area that can help me when I get home. Because I, because you're able to set aside that that's BS. But
2: that's really hard to do in the well, moment. Well, and I was so lucky too because I, I had, thankfully, my hospital provided me with this amazing lactation consultant. But then I had another friend of mine who had messaged me out of nowhere, out of the blue. I hadn't talked to her in a very long time. And she was like, congratulations on, your, you know, your pregnancy and your birth. If you ever need a lactation consultant, just out of nowhere. She's like, this woman is absolutely amazing. She will come to your house and she's going to make, and I just was like, wow, like I didn't realize how important that was to me that I needed to hear that from someone else. You know, that I needed to know like, okay, if it, cause it wasn't provided for me, you know? And thankfully my pediatrician provided a great resource of, of cranial sacral therapy for my baby and for and lactation consultants and all sorts of specialists and acupuncturists. But yeah, I mean, it's something that's really hard. Is it weird being in the, like being a nurse and being in this field and, and seeing all this, like where you're like, wait, but why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you going the extra mile because you want to go that extra mile with your like clients? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's been such a fun transition, kind of being mom, being nurse, kind of trying to create things from like backwards from where I was, you know, in my experience and really trying to just remember all those pitfalls that I came into and trying to create resources around that, what could have helped me in my situation. And then opening up that story after I shared initially when we started this space, after I opened up and kind of shared my story. Um it was heartbreaking, but also so cool. Right. The amount of people who reached out and sent these, it gives me chills, these heartfelt,
2: oh, so beautiful,
0: incredible stories of what they had been through. And using those and all of our friends and family who have supported us through this endeavor, um, using their struggles and things that they've faced to really curate the resources and offerings. Um, that we, that we offer.
2: I love that. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Is there anything else that you want my, my listeners to know about your community?
1: Yeah, I would say we have a lot of free resources on the blog, whether that is preparing for your six week checkup, um, Lauren's full personal story, um, our favorite tips on our toolkits and things we use. So there's a lot of free resources on our blog. Um, follow us on Instagram at the matrescent's. And we would love to offer your community uh, the first month free so they can just use the code free month. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Just um, connect with us. If you have questions, we are. It's us. Yeah. <laughs> We're two woman shops. So send us a DM or um, yeah, connect with us. And we'd love to just chat with you and hold your hand through this experience because we know. Um,
2: Well, I have to ask you, my final question I ask everyone is, what is your emotional support?
1: Mine's my journal. Whether it's in the morning, um, doing gratitudes really sets me in a positive mindset for the day. Or if it's at night, it was like, why were you crying over that spilled milk? Oh, it's because like, maybe you only slept three hours last night, you know, or like trying to come up with solutions, trying to connect the dots. Um, sometimes it's just you're in your feels and that's okay too, but, um, it helps me get out of my head instead of going into a spiral. Mm.
2: A journal was such an important part of my pregnancy journey. Like for my, my tool, like was part of my toolkit because it was something that I never, I never was like a writer. I was never like, oh, I feel the need to write this down or jot this down. But there was something about when I was pregnant, it was the best way to just release that, that anger and anxiety that I had inside of me and like put it in paper to not make it almost real right it was like oh no I'm not going to give this real life energy it's not going to live in here it's going to live on the paper you know
1: right the parking lot um,
2: yeah I love that
1: I like to put it there and uh, yeah mine's not like a diary it's not poetic you you probably wouldn't be able to read it you'd be like what is all this it's just like words that I'm like but it's great
0: what about you I'd say my most effective emotional support right now is revisiting my relationship with movement and exercise. Oh, and we really focus on shifting your narrative from what we grew up unindated with that exercise is so that you can eat pizza and right. be skinny and look good in your clothes. Where in motherhood, especially and in life, that is not the primary benefit mm-hmm. of exercise. It is so much more than that. And I think finally seeing it through the lens of anxiety relief and mental health support for me has been such an incredible shift. Um, Listening to my body daily, I try to move whether that is stretching in the basement for a few minutes, or it's a five mile run and anything in between. It's just Um, realizing that it doesn't have to be all or nothing and implementing those small shifts, just make a promise to yourself that you're going to do something each day. And it can be a a one minute stretch. And that's okay.
2: I absolutely love that. And I think that Thank you for saying that it's not about just eating a pizza and then having the perfect body afterwards, because when I was pregnant, I had a really low placenta. So starting the beginning of the second trimester, I wasn't allowed to do Pilates or I'm a dancer. So for me, that was my way of getting out of my head. Right. So hence why I found the journal. So this is kind of funny how it's both together. Um, (laughs) But like the most I could do was like walk around the block and like not a fast walk, you know, and I have yet. And so that's what I was looking so forward to. after I gave birth was being able to go back to dance and create that movement again and get that energy release out. But then I was having, you know, before I had the DNC, I was having all this bleeding and, and the doctor was like, you're working out too much. I'm like, I'm literally not even walking from one side of the door to the next, you know? I mean, like my house is small, like it's not happening, you know? Um, But it's now I'm finally able to start getting the, the fast walks going on and I'm starting to do the stretching and the yoga and getting back into the Pilates like slowly but surely and it really does so much for my mental health. I forgot how much. It just is such a mood booster um, and just taking even 15 minutes doing a stretch is truly just, I never knew like what a delicious treat that would be um, emotionally and, and mentally. So, Thank you for, for saying that. Those are two incredible answers, like absolutely loving this. And I can't thank you enough. Girls, you have just been such a treat. And I'm so happy that we've gotten to connect like this because I've been seeing your Instagram and I'm like, this is so awesome. And I'm like now part of this community and I just feel so honored and blessed. So thank you so much again. Oh, thank you for having us. This is such
0: a breath of fresh air and just being able to really open up these conversations and reach more mamas. And that's what it's all about, is really just making everyone feel a little bit less alone.